With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blanket double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Couldn't be better, Josh. We are we are less than a week away from kickoff. Arsenal Leicester. Thank God. I've got that. I think I was emailing you the other day. I've got that stomach ache, that excited <laughs> stomach ache that just won't yeah. go away now. We have done a lot of pre- we have done a season's worth of preview podcasts. I, I don't really know what I I got the bug in like mid July and I, or even early July, I think. And I was like, Brandon, we, we just got to do a podcast. Let's get going. And I don't, I don't know if I realized that I was committing us to one week or more. So I think we've done like two a week a couple of times. Yeah, we we have we have built an empire in the last uh, two, <laughs> weeks, two or three weeks. <laughs> uh, I tweeted. But I guess, it has been it's yeah. been a really wild uh, summer off. There have been, I think, more interesting summer signings than I can remember in recent seasons. Yeah, there's been, there's been a lot to talk about. It's there's been a lot of interest. I mean, just the the amount of I mean, even the term FPL, right, with the fantasy Premier League, FPL was not a term that people were using even like two years ago. It just wasn't. I mean, it was, OK, it was, some people were using it, but it wasn't like this instant go to that everyone used. You know, people and, used to call it. Are you playing the fantasy game as, associated with the Barclays Premier League? It was a bit of a mouthful. So, so just the fact that there is this kind of community and all these accounts that are FPL, whatever, and it, it, there was there was a, just a, a lot of conversation that started early this summer, and I think we really wanted to be part of it. So, uh, all that said, it's nice to have you know a proper game week one preview podcast, which is what this is, um, and then what's even better, at least for for us, from like a 
just a research point of view, or the lack of not having to do as much research point of view, uh, from now on we get to react to things that happened instead of trying to preview what's what's about to come. Yeah, instead of just trying to guess. Right, exactly. A exactly. lot of the feedback you see online is, I feel really good about this team that I've set, but I'm kind of just hoping that it works. Exactly. So we are, yeah, I mean, and even the advice that we give, right? I mean, a lot of it is, is stuff that we don't, I mean, we're going to get into this in a little bit, but, you know, questions about, you know, who's going to start in, you know, these key positions for some of these teams. I mean, we're making as much of an educated guess as anybody else, you know? So um, if that bothers you, stop the podcast. And, uh, <laughs> stop right now. Stop, stop what right you're doing. And, and go find a podcast where they pretend that they actually do know. Uh, All right. Should I should I just give a brief rundown of what we're actually going to talk about in this episode, and then we can yes. get started? Okay. So, uh, we've all been working on our teams up to this point, fiddling, going through hundreds and hundreds of iterations. So, uh, first, Josh and I are going to just give a rundown of how both of our teams are shaping up, what our lineups look like, and then we've got some key big questions. The uh, not necessarily team by team, but we're zeroing in on, on a couple particular teams that are taking us into game week one. And then we're going to finish off with a straight preview of all the fixtures coming up in game week one. Exactly. So it's kind of the, the last preview podcast of the season. And uh, starting next week, it'll be more your traditional uh, reacting to the week that was, you know, key questions, preview, you know, sort of what, what you typically would expect from this podcast. So uh, I'm excited for that. And by the way, uh, we're recording a little bit earlier today. So if you hear a, a 10-month-old girl uh, crying in the background, uh, that is my daughter. So um, just bear with it. And uh, the, the crying is a, a future <laughs> FPL manager. <laughs> That's right, future FPL manager for sure. Uh, Brandon, before we get into the podcast, uh, just a couple of very quick notes. Uh, one is if you haven't joined the completely free Always Cheating Super League, please do join. The code is on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash alwayscheating. You can also go to Twitter, uh, which is uh, HailCheaters. That's H-A-I-L uh, Cheaters. Um, if you can't find it any of those places, just visit alwayscheating.com, which is our website. You should go there anyways because Brendan redesigned it last week and it looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's deserved. Thank you, Squarespace. Uh, thank you. I to, love those drag and drop tools. If you want to join the uh, Patreon head-to-head league, if you have to join that before the um, the Arsenal Leicester match starts on uh, this Friday, August 11th, uh, at least give me an hour or so. I actually will be at work <laughs> when that game starts, so give me a little time to actually send you the code. And make sure you can join. Uh, we actually got a, a ton of new Patreon subscribers. We actually we had so many that we're, we're going to save it for. Um, for uh, a little farther into the podcast because uh, we want to get right into the the heart of this episode. But don't think that um, we love you any less, new Patreon supporters. That's extremely... You'll get your shout out. Yeah, exactly. It's extremely, extremely appreciated. Uh, Finally, uh, just if you can... Actually, two last things. Sorry. One is um, if you can help us spread the word about the podcast. We've mentioned this before, but if you have uh, people in your mini league, maybe people who aren't as serious about the game as you are, but might be uh, helped by some of the podcasts, maybe like the the episode where we talk about 10 roles for, for fantasy Premier League success, um, if, you, if you can share it with them, uh, we're really trying to make our audience as large as possible. So uh, that's very much appreciated. And yeah, uh, Josh, that episode, 10 Rules for FPL Success, is like by far and away our most listened to episode. Yeah, it's yeah, really it's, cool. It is really cool. Yeah, so all the, all the years we've been doing this, and that is our, our number one uh, most listened to episode. So Episode 84. Go back, check it out. Finally. 
We have a special podcast coming up on Wednesday of this week. I mentioned this on Facebook and Twitter already. It's an interview with our friends at Starting Eleven. It's a new daily fantasy game that's launching uh, this this very weekend. Uh, you can go to Starting Eleven. That's um, the the numbers eleven io to learn more about that. Uh, we're going to talk to them about uh, about the daily about, about daily fantasy in general, uh, about the app itself, and about um, how fantasy Premier League managers can fit daily fantasy into their life. And uh, you know, I like to gamble, Brandon, so I'm excited about you this. are a gambler. And even if I'm just close to gambling, I get excited. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I've already gone in and, and set my first starting eleven squad, so I'm looking forward to talking to those, talking more about what's going on over there. All right, let's let's, let's get right into it. Okay. Should we talk about our teams? Are we ready to just like reveal what we've been working on, sort of unveiling our, our class projects? Let's do it. And let, let's, let's both, let's, let's do this like one at a time, right? We'll go, we'll start with, we'll, we'll start with the, the goalkeepers and work our way up to the forwards. This is, this is how our teams are looking right now. And please know we're recording this podcast on Sunday. I'm probably going to change like seven players in this lineup, but I'm just going to list, I'm going to list who I've got right now. And I guess we'll end with the bench. Okay. Okay, so, so like if we're talking about our goalkeepers, we'll just name our starting goalkeeper, and then later we talk about our bench yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah, this is exactly this is my starting squad for game week one. If I like fall into a coma in the next <laughs> like two hours, okay. <laughs> All right, so my start my starting keeper is Fraser Forrester. Okay, I'm going with despite what we said when talking about Manchester United. In the last episode, David De Gea is starting in goal for me. David De Gea, okay. You know, the, you know De Gea. People maybe haven't been talking about it enough. I mean, the problem with him is that you know he doesn't get like a ton of save points, um, yeah. but he might be the most reliable. I mean, I keep trying to figure out how to get into that Man United line in a way that like feels secure, you know. And I'm still that's not exactly sure my that. logic. Yeah. I mean, Lindelof is uh, on the tip of a lot of people's tongues. Yeah, Baye seems like the the sure bet, but. At 6.0, feels a little expensive to me for a guy that's not going to be scoring many goals, if any. Right. So I just landed on David De Gea, just like you're saying, very secure. Exactly. And, the, if, you know, Forrester is actually kind of the same thing for me. I, I don't I don't love the rest. Uh, I, I, it may be that I end up bringing somebody else in and I bring in Ryan Bertrand. But for right now, it's Forrester is my, my Southampton defender. I just like some of the other 5.5 million options a little more. And I'd rather have Forster. What I really want to have is Cedric at some point, but there is a risk that Cedric isn't going to play the first game or two. Yeah. Got an extended break after the Confederations Cup. Um, and I just don't want to bring in Cedric right away until I feel secure that he's actually going to be the starting player. And I just, you know, if it's between Forster and um, and um, Yoshida, I guess I'd still rather have Forster. So that's that's my that's my logic there. Yeah, Cedric has really been broken as an FPL player by rotation and injury. Yeah. I know, and it's it's uh, this could still be his year, but it may not yeah, start until, yeah, no doubt. until game week two or three. Uh, all right, back line. I'll just read through my my three starting defenders right now, and I it's I'm like almost real nervous to do it because I feel like <laughs> it's going to change so much. Uh, but I've gone for it's okay. Here here we go. So I've got Lindelof. Who Just may read it, Josh. Yeah, Lindelof, Ake, company. All right, those are my three uh, defenders right now. Wow, that, I mean, that that's solid, man. I think that's very solid. Assuming Lindelof is straight in, <sighs> seems like he will be. Yeah, he might be. I mean, I, Daily Blind, actually, is the only defender who's played every <laughs> game uh, for Man United so far in the in the preseason, so... I, I may go blind, but it's just, it's just tough, you know. It's and I don't really want to pay six million for um, 
forgive me, who's there um, for Bai? Just because Bai really isn't any kind of goal threat at all. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's that was the thinking there. Uh, so I and Vincent Company, of, he's a good outlay of cash. Is he? He's also six million, or he is, is he six five? He is six million. And my my thinking with Company is just that I I, I feel a little unsettled about the Man City defense right now. I, the reality is I'm probably going to end up wildcarding fairly early, as, as are a lot of managers. And so I've really kind of cast an eye towards players that I think are, are like absolute locks in the team right now, mm-hmm. um, Lindelof aside, um, just because I feel like that gives me a little extra stability and I'm not going to be um, – I don't know. It just helps me get like kind of off to the strongest possible foot, you know? So it may be that, okay. I, that I drop – even company may not last, but I, I feel fairly confident that he's going to play the first few matches. And uh, Ake, yeah. I think you could go Ake or um, or Daniels. Um, I just really like the way that Ake performed. I liked I liked his nose for goal when he was when he was uh, during his half alone, you know, half season loan last year for for Bournemouth. So um, I'm going Ake over Daniels at the moment. I mean, Daniels isn't going to be on pens either. That was that was part of the chief appeal for Daniels last year. Uh, still yeah, well, the last uh, even two two seasons ago was the big Charlie Daniels pen right. year, and right. he he slowly fell away from them last season. Right, I like the way I said on assists, like he's <laughs> like I don't know, yeah. like that's like a thing that you were like designated like to get for your team. Sure, who's the yeah, who's the designated <laughs> assist man on that right, squad? Exactly. Yeah, but he could, you know he's still capable of, of of you know picking up some assists. But I I just really like Ake, and uh, maybe maybe I'm letting my my real life football bias affect my fantasy choice here but um i think you can go with either one and feel pretty confident Ake or daniels all right the back three for me i have ryan bertrand ben davies and my main man miguel britos Ooh, britos i'm <laughs> so shocked I'm, I'm i'm pinching a few pennies back here and and we'll, we can talk even more about that when we get to my bench um so ryan bertrand we were just talking about the southampton d I do I do think Bertrand is just a better bet even when Cedric Suarez is healthy, mm-hmm. but the idea of spending an extra point five to get Bertrand is one thing that's making me a little unsettled here. Sure. So I'm somebody was uh, tweeting at us that we he felt like we gave the short shrift to particularly Yoshida and Stevens in the back line, and perhaps they are better value, um, but I do think with Bertrand uh, his. His assist and goal potential is worth that extra point five. The other, the other concern is that you know Van Dyke may actually still play with Southampton. He may end up coming back. I mean, this if he comes back, is it, is it like absolute certainty that he replaces Stevens instead of Yoshida? I mean, Stevens looked great last year, and it's new manager. I mean, there could be a three way rotation with Stevens. I mean, I mean Van Dyke is definitely a starter if he if he decides to play with the team this year. But yeah. between Yoshida and Stevens, it's not clear to me that one of them is the absolute rock solid number one second choice center back. Yeah, it's a good point. It's kind of an Alexis Sanchez situation with Van Dyke right. right now, where we don't know what's going to happen. But if either player stays, it like wildly changes what is, that lock. He is five point five, right, Van Dyke? He is. So I mean, God, if he. If by some miracle he commits to playing for Southampton in the next four days, he is a great option. Yeah. Okay, so Ben Davies, this is obviously a result of Kieran Trippier going off injured against Juventus yesterday. So we're recording on a Sunday. Um, Ben Davies was flipping fantastic at the end of last season, and I think he's 
kind of been um, forgotten in all the Kieran Trippier talk. So is he, he can back up Trippier, or how does how does that work? Because, I mean, Davies was playing on the other side, right? Correct. So the starting lineup, if Trippier is healthy, would be Davies on the left and Trippier on the right. So Trippier's injury doesn't impact anything really. Oh, okay. oh so Danny Rose is not is he's still not ready to play. Right. And, and all the reports on Danny Rose are still same as they've ever been. Like right. fingers crossed, hang in there, buddy, get well soon. It's like <laughs> him hanging hanging from a tree branch like a cute little kitty cat. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that that was I guess my concern about Davies was just that that Danny Rose. I, I still understand why Danny Rose is six point five million. I mean the guy's coming off like a knee injury and didn't play the last 15 games last season. Like how could he, he's like in that, uh, it's like, the, it's the weird surcharge for English players that the game seems to have. Or like Daniel Sturridge is always way too expensive despite, you know, like this, despite being injured all the time. Right. So there, there are a ton of unknowns with the Trippier injury right now, the severity it's his ankle, which doesn't sound good. Uh, but he could right. be out for no weeks, a week, five weeks. So they they brought in this really young guy. It was a hyphenated last name. Like all the young English players now have hyphenated last names. <laughs> right, uh, right. Walker, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. So some people are salivating over the prospect of this guy maybe being added to the game at a cheap price, like 4.5. And that could be a great cheap entry into the Spurs back line to start the season. Uh, I don't know. So yeah, there's Ben Davies. Yeah, they they really played with fire that team, didn't they? I mean, just letting letting I mean, not breaking in any new players, letting their I guess he was like their first choice or second choice uh back, you know, fullback go and then not bringing anybody in to replace him. I mean, it's just like how do they put themselves in this position? Like they could win the league this year and now they're just it's just yeah. like is it just is it just astounding cheapness? I really don't understand what's what's going on with this. <laughs> it seems that way. I mean, I don't know how much this new stadium is playing into their finances, but uh, yeah, their squad depth has has not been improved at all in the off season. Yeah, and Britos yeah. is is just a four point five, plugging right. a hole in the dam, and okay. you know, yep. a, it makes sense. It, it was it's kind of tricky looking at these uh, opening fixtures for 4.5 defenders. There are some interesting options that we ran through when we did the team-by-team previews the last couple of episodes, but I like Marco Silva as a manager. He looked really great for Hull last season, and I can see maybe Watford solidifying their organization or the, their backline yeah. organization a little bit more. Does, does it feel like you haven't heard right. word one about Watford? I feel like of all the teams in the league, I've like Watford has like received the least attention in the offseason. Just real quick, going back to Spurs, I you have no Spurs coverage in the back. Is there any thinking behind that? I I just don't know who I would. I I mean, I'm a little nervous about them not having a. Wait, Trippier is a is he a left back or a right back? I'm forgetting right now. I uh, plays on the right. It's his right. I mean, just them not having a right back gives me a little pause. Um, I don't really want to spend six million on an Alderweireld right now. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it does. It does cause me some. You know, they're playing in a stadium that's not their home stadium. I, I just don't like. I, I'm not like. It doesn't feel urgent to me to have Spurs coverage back there. But I, you know, it could be my undoing. Yeah. I mean, they did keep a clean sheet against Juventus, though. Caveat: sure. it was a friendly, and also Juve had a ton of looks at goal so it wasn't like Spurs just dominated them defensively yeah it's it's yeah and I didn't actually watch that game yesterday I mean I knew they kept it and it was a 2-0 win but I, I didn't actually I haven't seen the highlights yet so maybe that would have 
uh, change things for me. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I still have the, the, the Man City. I, I don't know. You know, the question is always how much do you read into these preseason games, you know? Because, uh, yeah, like, the right. Man City defeat was, you know, they looked – they got run over, you know? And so yeah. is that something that we think about or do we just kind of put it aside? I don't know. So Right. I, I do like that company pick, though. It's got me thinking. All right. Oh, Take us through you. your midfield, Josh. All right. Uh, it's The midfield's pretty template I'll I'll say that right off the bat. Uh, I've got uh, De Bruyne, Eriksen, Willian, and Ward-Prowse as my starting four. So I'm going with a 3-4-3 right now. Uh, I actually think, and we'll get to this later, but I, I think with my bench, uh, I, I could look at some 4-3-3s this year, uh, which is uh, something I haven't done a lot of, but there are a lot of great defensive options this year, as as many people have already noted. So uh, the one, I guess the one thing that's a little different here is um, is Eriksen instead of Alley. Um I just I like the way that Erickson fits at Wembley. I just think there's a lot. We talked about this in an earlier podcast, but there's there's a lot of space there. There's a lot of room for for crosses, and he's looked really good in the in the off season as well. He's looked fantastic. So, um, or in the preseason, that is. So, yeah, not not to know. talk just the full pod about this Juve match at Wembley the other day, but Erickson looked fantastic. He yeah. looked really good, really dangerous. Runs and runs, plays the full ninety minutes almost every game. So uh, just a really like solid staple pick you know yep. I'm, I'm trying to be okay. a little more conservative this year okay and james ward prowse prousey feeling good about that yeah i feel i feel okay about that um now i'm getting a little concerned just because there's a little buzz about whether his spot is assured and you know he yeah. did score a goal this week um i think he also had an assist in a goal so uh, i feel pretty good about that one i like is his, he on assist josh is he, he's on assist he's you know he's 5.5 million so i think at that price i'd like him although now man pascal gross or growth, or however you... I think it's you just say gross. Uh, on Brighton, uh, picked up another goal today. I think that's two goals in two games for him. Uh, he's only $5 million, and so I'm really seriously thinking about him as my... So the thing about Brighton, and I don't want to get like totally sidetracked here, but they're they are one of those teams that are a little bit like Burnley, where they are just like really, really solid at home. So if you can figure out a rotation where you can, you can play your Brighton players at home and maybe you know, rotate them away. Um, I think there, there's some interesting options there. And Pascal Gross is basically going to play as a, as a number 10. And um, I don't know. He's, he's very, he's very interesting. And so I'm, I'm kind of talking myself into this as we go. So I think, you uh, no, I can tell, I can see you, you know, making the transfer right now on the pod. Sketch him in there. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Created more, as, as we mentioned on our preview, he created more chances than any other player in the Bundesliga last season. So uh, very interesting option there. And uh, a bit of a, Great place to have a differential, right? Is that fourth midfield player? Absolutely, that's where the differential lives. Right, exactly. So, uh, what's what's your uh, midfield? Okay, so I'm going Deli Ali over Ericsson. So it's it's Deli Ali, then Mila Vojevic from yep. Crystal Palace. Um, he's my budget guy. He another guy I've thought about too. Yep, very much on the bubble of my squad right now, but um, he fit at five point oh. You know, there is a lot of talk of doubling up on two, getting two 4.5 mids, somebody like Tom Carroll, mm-hmm. um, who might be assured a starting spot. So why not just go with two 4.5s and put a little more cash into my defense? So something I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, template, uh, Kevin De Bruyne and Willian. They're rounding right. out the, yeah. the four. Yeah, and are you are you a little getting a little? I'm getting a little like itchy with the William trigger finger. I'm, I'm not sure that William's gonna gonna make it all the way to Friday. I'm not okay. Uh, I, wasn't I blown do away believe that, today with him. Yeah, I. I mean, Chelsea are playing Burnley at home at Stamford Bridge. I yeah. think there will be goals. 
there for Chelsea. They have a pretty good run the first four or five yeah. game weeks. I think he's it's a, it's a chance to take. We have a few questions about Chelsea yeah. that we're going to get to later on. So I think we'll talk a little bit more sure. about the William pick later on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, God, nothing was clarified by the Chelsea. The, the charity field made everything more confusing. Like if you were looking at players on either squad, nothing was answered. I mean, I was, I joked on Twitter. I mean, the 11, the Arsenal 11 came out and of that 11, like literally nine of the 11 players might not be consistent starters by game week three or four. I mean, everyone outside of Lacazette and, and, and Czech are at least under threat uh, to start. It's a truly, truly bizarre game. Ending <laughs> ending with a Tibor Gatois missed penalty kick. Right. Like what what was even going on there? And this injured, madness. It, it was the 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 thing is kind of annoying too, only because he was like my like he's like the under the radar guy. We've been talking about him actually since our like very first preview podcast of the season. Uh, you know, joined on a free in the offseason for Arsenal, looked you know really good. Um, kind of expensive at six million, and now after this goal, he's gonna he's gonna be on everybody's radar. So, but again, not necessarily an assured starter. So um, we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Should we talk about front line? Yeah, front line. Yeah, and this is where I'm gonna get some grief because uh, my front line right now does not have Harry Kane. So, this is the O Brothers section of the yeah, podcast. Exactly. So it, it's a little. It's a little. Um, yeah. Well, I'm going to get some grief. Uh, I've got Lukaku, of course. Uh, I got. And by the way, it's kind of like it kind of sucks that Lukaku like yeah just has to take one of your three spots, doesn't it? I mean, it basically like you can't not have him to start the season given how high his ownership is. But it takes yes. a little. Like it takes like. 0.01% of the fun out of the game because you basically are like, all right, that, that spot's taken up. I can't even consider anyone else in that in that spot. Now, maybe that's me. I mean, who's very, to say you like, can't be a maverick? It's true, but it's just and, if, if you're trying to, like, actually do well this year, you kind of need to have Lukaku in that spot, uh, I think. I don't know. I mean, agree to disagree, right? There's nothing people who disagree with us on, on Twitter and elsewhere, so... Uh, anyway, so I've got I got Lukaku, and then we come to my my second spot, and this is where I'm going to get some grief because I I don't have Kane right now, and I have Lacazette, who's kind of in that Kane spot. Uh, he's two million cheaper at ten point five million, and uh, I feel pretty good about him just because of all the kind of stats bomb stuff that I've read about just what a great finisher he is. I, you've seen it in the preseason; he hit the crossbar today, or I should say that not the, the not the crossbar, the side post, um, and. Uh, so like I said, is my kind of homer pick, and he might turn into Kane as the uh, as the next few days progress. Uh, and then I've got yeah. the Nacho Man uh, himself from uh, the, the the newly the newly crowned Fox, the starting Fox, whatever. Yeah, he is. It, I'm so Kalichi Nacho. I'm mm-hmm. so confused as to what the lineup is going to look like up front for Leicester after this move. Yeah, it does. It that, does look, it's like I, curtains I think, for Slomani now. Well, I think Slomani. Well, he didn't do that well last year, for one thing. I mean, he no, did. Yeah, I'm not team, arguing he, that yeah. poor, poor Slomani getting pushed out of the lineup. Right, but I, I do think that you, if, they, if they spent that, I mean, 25 million is is quite a lot for for a club like Leicester to spend. Um, and yeah. he's he's a terrific player. He, you picked up an assist in the very first game he played. Uh, picked up a, a a little knock, but it's, apparently it was just a precaution that they took him off. That's what I've read anyway. So. He's in that spot. I mean, you know, there's the. Chichi- I can see he's like a an upgrade on Okazaki. When when the Foxes won the league, Okazaki, the role he played was was quieter, but it was very important. And I can see Ianacho 
slotting into that role, but even being a better goal scorer. And he was able to play with a with a really direct striker, you know. Like I mean, he and he and um, and Aguero were able to play together, and so I, I I don't know why he and Vardy couldn't play together as well. I, to me, their skills uh, complement each other enough. And uh, so yeah, so right now I've got I've got the Nacho man. Um, and uh, who you got, Brandon? Up front, uh, so I did have Lukaku and Lacazette like you until yesterday, and. I have Kane now, so I have Kane and Lukaku. It just felt just felt silly to not go with Harry Kane. Yeah, that's fair. I I hear all, all, everyone's arguments about maybe he's a slow starter. There is some uncertainty about how they'll play at Wembley, but Kane was just fire at the end of last season. You can you can True. just bank that he will be scoring goals, and yeah. I do not feel comfortable going without him. The larger question I have about strikers up front is I think there are so many great options, and you can't have them all. There, you know, we're we're not even talking about putting Jesus or Aguero yeah. into our teams, and I feel like those guys are going to be you know scoring goals by the hatful. It, they really are, and so yeah. I mean, and you can you can make a case for Aguero or or Jesus. It looks like they're both going to start. I feel it seems like that's yeah. I, that that seems to be the consensus opinion there. I, you know, I feel again. I, mean, I was talking more about consistency of starts. I mean, it, there is a little concern about about rest and rotation with that with those Men City forwards. And I mean, of the first six game weeks, how many game weeks do you think that they're both going to start together? Three, maybe maybe four. Yeah, it um, you know and it's then it's hard to predict. Yeah, it is hard to predict. And so and, and a couple of the other ones, one will probably start and one will come off the bench. I mean, you know, we'll get into the Champions League, you know, I think within maybe probably after that first international break, right? It's usually when the Champions League starts. So um maybe it's after the second. It, it may take a little while. So it, the Champions League may not be a factor, but just given the way that Pep likes to shift things around in that squad and, you know, well, God forbid if they lose one of their opening games, so we'll start to see massive changes you know, right off the bat. So um, yeah. that's that's just my concern. I, I honestly, I can't pick between Aguero and, and Jesus, and so I just haven't picked one at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then my, my third forward is right now Steve Mooney, who okay. scored, a goal, scored a goal for Huddersfield yesterday. Yeah. Recency bias, but sure. he's 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 been scouted well. People like him. I like I don't, it. You know, well, Andre Gray talk, right? No. Yeah, yeah, and similarly priced. He's six point yeah. and he's he's enabling Kane in my front line right now. Like right. there are a lot of killer options at seven point You were just talking about the Nacho Man, and of course we have Chicharito. Right. Uh, I mean, now this whole discussion about Roberto Firmino possibly being sure. on pens for Liverpool. Yep. Man, yep. can I find a way to fit? Firmino into my squad. Yeah, exactly. I, Firmino was a play. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for one for one point five million more, I could turn the Nacho Man into Firmino. That all that would require is for me to turn William into a five point five million midfielder, which might be fine. You know, like that might yeah. be that might be something I I can do. I would still have to bring on Erickson. Um, so that may happen too. Um, I feel I, you know I don't have any Liverpool coverage right now, and that is definitely a concern. Now watching Murata play in the charity shield today did that uh quiet your interest <laughs> yeah, in him it he did. did not look good at all he didn't look good and i could see all these articles about how nice he is it's a little bit of a concern <laughs> uh so yeah Murata, i'm not sure about um 
Yeah, it's um, it'll it'll take him a while to bed in. I'm sure he'll grow yeah. into that team, and he'll he'll probably have some really good moments during the season. But yeah, he is not, he is firmly in wait and see territory. If I were to take another big forward, it would certainly be Kane, followed by the followed by the Man City guys, followed by Murata. You know, I mean, he's yeah. like fourth on the list of maybe even maybe even Firmino. I mean, there's like. I don't know. It maybe it really could be the year for for an expensive forward line. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know that you can really make Lukaku, Lacazette, and Kane work. I mean, that's like a thirty-four million lineup. Yeah, that's uh, it's too much, and like I do think you can't yeah. justify that. Yeah. Given the number of options at at seven point oh and below. Exactly. Exactly. What we really need for we need Lukaku to go down with a season-ending injury in the first minute of the first game. <laughs> I think that the the strikers is where you're going to win your league this season. Yeah. I think there are so many goals Trolling. out there to be had and and so many differentials up front. I more so than the midfield. Totally agree. All right. So we're I think we're starting to go a little long here. So I'm just going to read my bench off here and just let me okay. give any any thoughts. Uh, I've got Elliott in goal, uh, four million. Looks like he's unless unless Newcastle sign a new player in the next few days. Uh, looks like he's going to be their starting keeper, and it doesn't really matter anyway because if I'm planning to wild card in game week six or seven, which you know is probably how it's going to happen, um, I'm going to uh, I can just play Forster all those fixtures anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, that's another reason why I want Forster actually is because I just really like that. I, I like the lack of rotation that I need to do with him. Uh, I've got Tom Carroll. I bet we both do. Um, yep. as my, it's first on my bench, uh, I've got Duffy who I think uh, of Duncan Duffy. I think, uh, Duffy is the one that, uh, <laughs> they sound like old, friend. old hedge knights from, <laughs> from the middle ages, they Duncan do. Duffy. They do. I think, I think those characters are both in Macbeth. Um, and then I've got Ben Mee as my, um, as my other, uh, defender. Okay, we virtually have the same bench. I have Rob Elliott, similar reasons. Tom Carroll is first up, then Ben Mee, and I have Lascelles from Newcastle. Sure, sure. Now, I need I need to do a little bit more digging into Newcastle. I think there are a lot of questions about yeah. rest rotation, starting lineup, but um He's my he's my last four point five defender at the moment. I like that, although I, I think that Lajune might be the actual player you want from, from that Newcastle defense. Same price. Yeah, and this does go against one of our ten rules for FPL success, but I'm I'm trying to figure out where I can trim to find an extra point five, yeah. and uh, there is a temptation to just throw a four point oh defender in there. You can probably do it through it. your first wild card, you know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. so I, I think I wouldn't get the um, Hunemeyer, who everyone seems to be getting. I don't think that guy's going to play at all. So yeah, watch, for me watch, it would be the first first week starting lineup now. Yeah. For me, that would be more a throwaway pick. I wouldn't want to get somebody like Hunemeyer that has some semblance of a bandwagon because then you're going to be have to manage his uh, value if everyone just drops him all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, it's, it's very interesting. All right, so let's let's Brandon, let's take a quick break. We'll get into um, the second half of the podcast. I actually think we've answered a lot of the questions that are about to come. So, um, well, we can just sign off. It's done. <laughs> I was like, what am I, where am I going with this? Yeah, you can just stop listening now. So see you later. <laughs> no, we have some good questions from absolutely, our listeners coming absolutely. up. And we're going yeah, to, and then we're going to tackle the fixture list for game week one. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We'll be right back. Same old podcast, always All right, Brandon, we're back and we're taking some key questions, uh, questions about uh, team structure uh, leading up to game week one. Uh, also some questions that were brought on by the uh, the friendlies themselves. So we, we've dubbed this section friendly thoughts, which <laughs> I find very charming. Friendly thoughts with Josh and Brandon. 
Uh, first question is, it's about strikers. Actually, the, we have two questions about strikers to start things off. First question is from Steak Hagen, who says, if we exclude Murad and Lacazette on the basis that they are league fresh, which two of Lukaku, Kane, and Jesus, uh, Agu- Jesus Aguero are must-haves? Uh, Lukaku and Kane are nailed starters, and the latter two, that is, uh, Jesus and Aguero, uh, played together this weekend and got a goal each. Um, with the start City has, um, it's tempting to pick Jesus over Kane, but how about taking all three and downgrade a mid and a defender? Yeah, I think we kind of touched upon this when we were talking about our own teams. It just is a huge outlay of cash to go three heavy hitters up front. And as I was saying, I... It, it could be actually a good thing because I think that's where a, a ton of points are going to come from this season. I mean, that's my early prediction anyway. I just think there are so many goals that are going to be on the table from premium strikers. So it's, it's hard to say no to any of these ideas, um, but, but sacrificing what? It's hard to say. I mean, the, I guess. Well, the, uh, here, the okay, let me pose it this way. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to, and then I'll, and then yeah. I'll let you speak, Josh. Sure. Um, <laughs> How difficult is it? You're setting yourself up to make two moves. If a midfielder catches fire, say you say you sacrifice somebody like Kevin De Bruyne and he catches fire, you're gonna you're gonna be at least two moves away from getting him in if you spend that much money up front. Yeah, it's it, it's true. Um, and De Bruyne really is the key to this because if if you can if you think that you can safely get away from De Bruyne, then um, then I think that there is more money to be to be spent up front. But the we talked about this in our the Man City team preview podcast last week's podcast. There's also an article that I linked to on our, our Twitter feed last week that was on Fantasy Football Scout, and it was an interview with a bunch of different managers about Man City assets. And one of the things they talked about is just in the end, almost by process of elimination, just given how much risk there is in the midfield and even up front, Kevin De Bruyne kind of is the one player who you can really count on to start almost every game week, at least early on. Um, and so he's just the best way to get Man City coverage. So I feel like having him really lessens the impact of not having Jesus and Aguero. Correct. Yeah, I totally agree with that. If you it does think, make me feel yeah. a little better about it. The the balls in to them, it appears, if they're not coming from the wing, back, wing backs, are probably going to be coming in from Kevin De Bruyne. And if you think that you can get away with with someone else, like even even Lee Raisane, if you want to stay in that. Man City category, or maybe maybe someone like Mkhitaryan. I mean, we didn't even talk about Pogba and Mkhitaryan in our, uh, when we talked about our team sheets. I mean, I've definitely thought about them a lot. And so let's say that you go from De Bruyne to Mkhitaryan. That, that's $2 million saved. Um, you know, that, that money could then turn, I don't know, Lacazette into, um, into Harry Kane, for example. You know, so I think that it's just, yeah, it's just about whether you, it's, it's, it's all about De Bruyne. And if you have De Bruyne, it's very hard to have a super expensive forward line. I guess this talk is causing me to reconsider Deli Ali and Christian Eriksen. If you have Kane, do you need the you same? Need the to. same logic oh. holds here, right? Right. Yeah, it's true. I mean, if you have Kane, maybe you maybe you can downgrade one of those two players into um, into Mkhitaryan and save one point five million. Yeah, and then then I could move Steve Mooney into who knows who. <laughs> I think that the must-haves are. I think that yeah, the one the one must have for sure is Lukaku. It's not just about the high ownership. I mean, I, I don't mean to like totally disparage him on the ownership thing. He has a high ownership because he's a really, you know, he's a very consistent striker, someone who has delivered fantasy turns for many many years now, and he's on the best team he's ever been on. Right? I think we can yep. already say that even before they played one game in the league. So yes. 
He's on the best team he's ever played on. He's looked very good in the preseason. He's he's going to score a boatload of goals this year, and you'd want him even if his ownership was was at zero. You know, he's just a, he's a player that you want, uh, and so he's just the he is the number one option, I think. And he's also he's lo- he's locked into that spot. I mean, even someone like Murata, you know, but, you know, Murata, for example, is tempting, right? Because he's home to Burnley this week, and but is he even going to start? I mean, Botchwai didn't impress, so I think there's actually a pretty good chance Murata does start game week one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, Kane is the obvious other example. I mean, the Kane's price is just, it's so prohibitively high. Given the balance that I want on my squad this year, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to go without Kane and just and have more money that I can spend on my midfield and my defense. Um, I mean, the idea that you just talked about a minute ago of, of basically having Kane up front and then just not having any Spurs midfield coverage is an interesting option because it is yeah. hard to have two heavy hitters up front and then have... A 9.5, I mean, it's almost a 10 million midfielder. And then you also have De Bruyne. I mean, that's 20 million right there with those two players. Yeah. It's interesting going back to my lineup. I don't have Liverpool coverage. I barely have City coverage. I just have KDB. Why do I have three players from Spurs when we have so many questions about how they're going to play? I have no questions about Harry Kane. He will score goals. And I do think... On paper, that's your best option next to Luke Cocker, just to go back to Steve's, Steve's right, question. Right. I love this phrase, league fresh. And that's, <laughs> you know, while Lacazette and Murata may end up just quickly becoming as good an option as Harry Kane, I think still going into game week one on paper, it's Harry Kane and Luke Cocker. That's fair. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of talking myself into Kane as this podcast goes on. Part of the problem, too, is that, you know, Kane is... Uh, you know, they play Newcastle in game week one, and it's kind of an unsettled Newcastle back line. I mean, I think that there's a very strong case for, for captaining Kane in game week one, even over Lukaku, right? And his, you yeah. know, super high ownership. Yeah. Um, that West Ham team, the, the problem is that, the, you know, men, you play West Ham at home, and that West Ham defense is also kind of a work in progress. Um, I mean, I think they will be good eventually, but I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about them. We talked about them last week. Like, you can go, West Ham is like... We could do like a whole pot in West Ham. There's like so much <laughs> stuff going on. Second question comes from Chris Howell about forwards and strikers. He says, uh, Nacho or Chicharito? Yeah, so this is, this is the next step down from the premium strikers we were just talking about. Who's most appealing at the 7.0 bracket? I'm a little concerned about – I actually had Chicharito and then I moved him to Nacho recently – I don't love anyone in this price bracket, to be honest. I don't love Jay Rodriguez at West Brom. I, you know, I don't love, you know, any of the forwards on Southampton. I, I, I don't love. I mean, you know, I might end up talking myself into Firmino just because I don't, I can't figure out where to, you know, who to put my money on in that forward line that I actually trust. Yeah, Firmino is interesting in that he, he seems to be the only striker that is hanging out there at the uh, 8.5, awkward 8.5 price bracket. Uh, but I, I tend to agree with these, you know, between 6 and 7. There's no one that really screams out. I think that's going to be a question that we have to have answered when the season starts. Right. I mean, to me, Nacho is just, it's, it's a, it's a total like underlying stat pick here. Yeah. Um, I do think he's going to start and not everybody feels that way, but I, I, I do for, you know, just from what I've read, I think he's going to start. Um, and his, you know, his goals per 90 is off the charts. Now, granted, you know, played a lot of bench minutes. has never been a consistent starter anywhere. He's still only 20 years old. 
Um, but I think he could really have a, a big breakout season. I think he's a really good fit for that Leicester squad. I mean, it's, a, it's the kind of squad that lets, I feel like it lets their creativity, their creative players freelance a little bit. And I think there's going to be some room for him to, to really show his stuff. So, um, yeah, Nacho's my pick. Gabby Adini could play a few head games with us at the start of the season. If he comes out scoring a few goals, I can see that upsetting a lot of people like you, Josh, got uh-huh. totally burned by him at the, yeah, in the last I'm season. I'm over but... it. I'm over it. I mean, I, Gabby Adini is a player I've thought about, too. I mean, I Southampton's guess... fixtures are just so appealing to start. They really and are. It's it could be a, a risk worth taking, yeah. uh, but I also uh, just the whole striker thing altogether. I think this is probably going to be the transfer that we're making going into game week two. Right. There will be one or two or three or, or fifteen different strikers that really come into their own in game week one, and it's really freaking hard to predict. It really is. I mean, all these guys. I mean, a Murata could, could could go for you know a brace in game week one, and suddenly all of us are. Thinking to ourselves, well, if I go from Kane to Murata, I save two point five million. You know, can that money, you know, be better spent elsewhere? The uh, thing about Chicharito that we mentioned when we previewed West Ham last week was there are a lot of injuries for West Ham right now, and they have three away games right off the bat because of issues with the London Stadium. I have a few question marks about Chicharito. He's proven himself in the Premier League, but with those injuries, a new team, away matches. There are a lot of points against Chicharito for me. Yeah, and it's not encouraging the way his goals dipped year over year last year either. So uh, he's getting close to thirty. It's there. There, there are some real red flags with Chicharito. Uh, all right, defenders. Uh, we've got two questions here about defenders uh, before we get into some of our team thoughts. Uh, Dave Aston says um, Danilo has shown what a wingback should look like. Uh, Alonso's price and ability look stretched. I think um, a discussion about the premium wingback seems topical now that. Uh, Coley, what's it scored and looks like a beast. <laughs> here's who's my Coley. Oh, Coley, the Arsenal yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, okay, here's my, I, I guess this is kind of a punt, Brandon, but I, I think that the, the wingback discussion is one that we can't really resolve until we're a couple more weeks into the season. Yeah, it's a tough one. And the rotation that we can continually talk about with Pep and Man City, when, when Mendy is healthy again, Danilo will be, uh, tough to keep in your starting 11. I will say this about Alonso. That man's hair is beautiful coming back from the summertime. I told you, we were, we were texting about, about hair earlier because I was talking about how awful I thought Theo Walcott's lad haircut was. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Alonso has a mane. It's not hair I, anymore. It's a proper mane. Absolutely, absolutely yeah, stunning. Yeah. I want to know what kind of product he uses, <laughs> what sort of conditioner he's got going on. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the issue I'm having with the wingbacks is there are lots of tasty options from Kyle Walker, Alonzo, and who, whoever might be firing on the other wing uh, on Man City. But it, they're really expensive this year. Like FPL yeah. figured out that these guys are really valuable and they have priced them accordingly. And I think that's why people are really hopeful about Cedric Suarez and Ryan Bertrand. They are really excellent wingbacks, and they're cheaper. And I think I'm kind of waiting to see who the excellent wingbacks are going to be for mid-table squads. And just, it, feels like, it just feels like there's a lot of question marks still. There's question marks at Man City. Uh, there's question marks on Spurs now. Um, there are question marks... Uh, 
even with you know even with Man U, whether we, I mean, obviously um, Valencia is locked in, but you know, Darmian it looks like he might be. It just feels like there's still. I, I want to wait a couple weeks on on that spot. Um, so I just feel like in, you know, I, I'm going a little more center back heavy in my in my game week one squad with the understanding that in my first wild card, I plan to bring in a lot more wing backs and maybe that'll cost me some team value. And I just should be taking a more of a risk right now, but I just, I want, I want to get off to what the strongest possible start. And I don't want to risk, you know, not having starting players in game week one or two or three. Hey, and don't forget about Ben Davies. <laughs> That's true. And maybe I'm underrating Ben Davies. I was actually surprised. Um, I don't know why I, I haven't given him a lot of thought at all. How uh, awesome maybe was just, he at the the second half of last season when yeah. Danny Rose went out? He was just excellent. I guess I just haven't had enough time to think about it because Trippier was such a like locked in hundred yeah. percent. We're all going to have him player right now. Now at the start of that. Up in the, the air. Sorry to talk over you. The the no. first goal that Harry Kane scored, it was well the whole scoring outlay for Spurs against Juve was exactly how we had our teams set up. Trippier assist, Trippier assist to Harry Kane. And then Deli Ali assist to Christian Eriksen. It was like it was ridiculous. All the, all the people we knew were going to score like were there. Fantasy goals, really. So okay, all right. So let's let, let's table that. Let's talk about that in a couple more weeks. Um, I mean, we've talked about this a lot in our team previews. So if if you want to hear like extended thoughts on on the defenders, you can go uh, listen to them there. Uh, Dave Baker says best four million defender, or is it a lottery? You remember Jordi Amat? He was. He was everyone's favorite player for the first couple of weeks last season. But the 4.0 defender party tends to not last very long. It's all just people just look at the team selected by. I mean, Angel Rangel has selected by 21.5% of managers right now. Uh, that's out of like 2 million. That's like 500,000 managers have, have Angel Rangel on their squad. <laughs> I don't think he's going to play at all. I, I, I mean, I, I, is he going to play like a single match in the first six game weeks? <laughs> it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I, I mean, in, there, wasn't last year. injuries can always play a role here. And I think it's best to not try to bank on a 4.0 defender right out of the gate. It's it's fine to to take a gamble because you're probably going to have them on your bench to begin with anyway. And if it ends up being a bad buy, then you have. Yeah, yeah you have to use one of your free transfers to to move yeah. them out. But at four million. I mean, at twenty one point five. Anha Rangel is going to be like three point six million uh, yeah. in, in game week three because everyone's going to drop him. I mean, Hunemeyer is the same way. I mean, Hunemeyer, you know, played a handful of games last year. Uh, he's behind two really solid players in, in Duncan Duffy, um, the, the the Macbeth duo, the Hedge Knights. <laughs> so uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't want him either. I mean, you know, I guess Brad Smith did play a little bit last year for Bournemouth. I'm just looking through the most owned. Uh, players right now i mean there's there, basically there isn't anybody right now um you know someone like adrian mariapa on watford could end up you know starting I mean, we do, you know in a situation like that you don't know because with the new manager he could he could see some it's often these center backs right these like third string center backs that, that are priced at four million yeah right exactly on on really weak teams that might right. not even you know garner any defensive points to begin with exactly you're almost better off just starting your premium defender on the road to a top team you know you might get an assist or something yeah I, I do think the best advice here is if you get on a 4.0 bandwagon just as you were saying josh like be very mindful of their values dipping when the bandwagons immediately like disappear all right friendly thoughts and brendan let's do this late in round style just uh let's let's give a couple quick thoughts and and, and move on from there because um 
I'm, this is at risk of becoming another two-hour podcast. Okay, I've got my game <laughs> show buzzer in front of me. I'm ready to go. All right, friendly thoughts. Uh, first one is about Arsenal. Sean number one says, Sanchez worth the funds? Uh, seems to be a bit of a differential at the moment. I'm a hard pass on Alexis Sanchez right now. Um, obviously, he just started training with the team, didn't make the team for the charity shield. It's it's a huge question mark, and why fit him into your team at that huge $12 million price tag? It seems a little risky, certainly going into game week one. Uh, there's a Would it surprise me if he started game week one? No, certainly would not. Uh, do I expect him to be there? Also, he still could get trained. I don't think he's going to get transferred at this point. It seems, I, I think there's a, I think he's, he's probably pretty locked in. I mean, Wenger has been pretty adamant and it looks like he's actually not going to budge this time around, but you know, we'll see. So there's a chance he could move. There's a chance he comes off the bench the first game week or two. Um, I mean, it's a Friday game for them too. So I think that, um, that makes it even less likely that he's going to start. Yeah. Right. Okay. We have a couple questions here about Chelsea. Ramon tweets at us, don't touch Chelsea players until Hazard is back. Yes or no, Josh? Well, I don't think I'm going to touch the defenders until my first wild card. I, it's kind of an up and down first set of fixtures. I mean, obviously they play Burnley in game week one. It'd be a great time to have a Chelsea defender. But uh, the fixtures are a little spottier from there on out. So I, I don't plan to uh, have a... Now, William is the player who I think might have to give way because I, I think I need a little more money um, for my forward line. I think I'm probably going to move Lancaster into Kane. So... Um, now, Josh, how much does Fabregas uh, cost? Because Gavin Doyle tweeted at us, Fabregas or Willian? I think they're both, uh, they're both seven million. Are they? Okay, not? so the other suggestion here from Gavin would be to go with Matt Ritchie at Newcastle, who's six point out. Now that that is a bridge too far. For I me. can't get over the Ritchie at Bournemouth thing. I I, I just can't. eventually, if he, if he proves himself, fine. Maybe Benitez has like unlocked everything, but he was so bad on Bournemouth last year that or two years ago that it's. I guess I'm maybe it's you know maybe that's like bias having a the wrong effect on me I don't know is it, is it wisdom or bias you know it's like the Man. unanswerable question yeah they, they are both seven million you're really shaking my faith in William this episode Josh I do not appreciate it <laughs> well it's he's a free kick special I mean he's, I don't know if he's a free kick specialist but he's great on free kicks but he doesn't score a ton of open play goals uh, so it's, I don't know I, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to think. And Heaton's a pretty good keeper too. So you really, if if you wanted, if you, if you wanted him, it's really for that that first fixture because you know from then on out there, it's it gets a little bad the next few game weeks. I was looking, I was looking ahead. I think they play. Um, yeah, they're away to Spurs the next game week. They're home to Everton, which isn't a great fixture. Um, then they play Leicester away and Arsenal at home. So it's, I mean, it's it's not like a terrible run, but it's not it's not great either. And. Um, I don't know. I mean, do I really want a seven million Alonzo for that run? I think I'm going to wait till my first wild card and bring him in there. Yep, yep. I think we're both agreed on the defense there. Yeah. All right, Josh. On to Liverpool. We have a question on Twitter from Lars who says, "Thinking about Firmino, maybe on pens and brilliant in the preseason." So I, I think we have talked about Firmino. Eight point five is just a really awkward price tag. It's Beyond not that, yeah. what's not the love? Exactly. It's an awkward price tag, but moving him into the forward line has actually made him the cheapest way into the Liverpool attack. And it's kind of interesting, right? Because if, if they were all spaced out as midfielders right now and you had, you know, you had 9 million, 9.5, 9, let's see, I think... Um, Mane is 9.5 right. and then you've got Phil and Salah both at 9.0. Right. So if you had those four players all available as midfielders and Firmino was 8.5 million, I think he'd be such a trendy pick at 8.5 million. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is awkward putting him in that forward line. But... Um, 
I mean, it's reasonable to want to have some Liverpool coverage. I mean, it's it's a you know pretty decent start for them. I mean, yeah, they play well. Okay, they actually they do play Arsenal and City in game weeks three and four. So, um, but if you, if you're you know looking at those first two games, I mean, you know, Watford away, Crystal Palace at home, and even Arsenal at home, those are three pretty solid fixtures. And I would expect multiple Liverpool goals in all three of those games. It's funny. I th- Liverpool is kind of going to be the team that I play in auxiliary fantasy games. Like my first uh, starting 11 uh, for the starting 11 daily app has a lot of Liverpool players. In my, my draft team, you know, you and I both did the FPL draft a couple weeks ago. Right. Going right. with Mo Salah. So I, I'm still struggling to see how they fit into my regular FPL team at yeah, the moment. It's, it's tricky. Uh, all right, uh, Crystal Palace. Um, Gavin Doyle says uh, Speroni started in goal for Palace yesterday. As he replaced Hennessy, uh, combined with Elliott, that's two goalies for eight million—a tidy sum. <laughs> I like your eye for value, Gavin, but I don't know that that means anything. It's it's interesting that Speroni started so like a week before the season actually starts. But it is my weird. assumption is Hennessy has that spot nailed down. I I don't know that you can say that. I mean, I I real I genuinely don't know who's going to start in in, in goal on goal, which just means I would stay away from from any any uh, palace keeper. Uh, maybe maybe he'll come out and 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 just say who his starter is, but I barring that, I, I wouldn't do it. I mean, Th- Speroni had a testimonial for them like two years ago, <laughs> and he's like yeah. still in the squad. It's so so bizarre. Yeah, he still has that ludicrous chin strap beard. No, yeah, so not I, having it. I, it's a, it's a, it's not a hard pass, but it's a, it's a, it's a pass for now because I'm, I, I would just, I don't want to take the risk. And the reason why is because if Speroni doesn't start, then I'm stuck starting Elliot in every single game, which I do not <laughs> want to do. Rob Elliott's punch out. Uh, West Brom. Dave from Burnley says uh, West Brom's defense an utter myth, true or false? Well, it's not a myth. We we've definitely seen. West Brom for many seasons consecutively been clean sheet machines and Tony Pulis as manager that's one of his like legendary focuses but I think we all kind of saw the worst of West Brom D at the end of last season where they really struggled to keep clean sheets a lot of their key central defenders are getting very old like Macaulay and it's it's kind of a changing of the guard season I think for West Brom I mean, it wasn't just the end of last season. It was the entire second half of last season. Um, I mean, they were they, their defense was not solid at all, and it, yeah. and they've looked terrible in the preseason. I mean, it would be if you if you've seen them play at all, or even just looked at the box scores for their games, um, it does not look it does not paint a very pretty picture. And also, uh, a bunch of the players are injured right now. Uh, Macaulay is injured. Dawson apparently is now is now flagged as well. So. I'm really thinking about just like not having any West Brom defensive coverage. Is that just because they can't tell Dawson and Macaulay apart, much like uh, when uh, Macaulay was served a red card it for could, a Dawson foul? It could be. Actually, now, now it looks like Dawson has been unflagged. So uh, it's, just, it's just Macaulay and Evans. Um, uh, we, we have a question from Richie on Twitter about another West Brom defender, Hagazi, this new Egyptian guy who came in over the summer. Right. Played all preseason fine, says Richie, and... Uh, the only one at four point five million. So, it's kind of if if you're looking to go West Brom, I feel like Ben Foster at four point yeah. five is the best option because he'll probably be getting a lot of save points. Right, Hagazi is a center back. He was he, he's actually on loan right now for a year, and 
It's like he was on loan for a million and they have like an option to buy him for four million. So now it's possible that Hagazi plays so well that you move McCauley out to the to the fullback position because McCauley is capable of playing either either spot. Um, and then you have, I guess, I guess you could do Hagazi and Evans with Dawson and McCauley. I don't know how Nam, Nam fits into it. It just it feels kind of unsettled outside of Dawson. Right. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Evans is injured again. It does. He always is. So. Uh, I, I just I wouldn't want to touch anybody there. I mean, maybe Dawson. Um, McCauley looks like he's going to be out for a little while. So Hagazi could probably get you to the next couple of weeks, but um, I don't think he's uh, a long-term option. The last friendly thought of the pod, Josh. Dave from Burnley says, ignore Saints defense and start the lovely Tom Carroll. That's so I don't, I don't know that these things are mutually exclusive. Sure, and he slipped in too, Brandon, because we, we had a rule for this pod, which is no two questions from one person. And... Uh, that's 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 our fault. Dave reaps the reward of our mistake. Wow, Dave, you, you're already starting off the season well, Dave. <laughs> uh, all I right, think, so Tom Carroll, we all love yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, Saints defense. So I don't know why you have to have one or the other. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I guess for me, I mean, it is there is that kind of game week one thing where you just want to put out the best possible game week one team you can. So if I had right. Forster and Tom Carroll, like I'm not going to get returns from one of those two. Well, okay. I mean, I, I, that's not true. But if I if I get returns from Carroll, I'm probably not going to get returns from from Forster. So um, there is that. It's feeling, a tricky way, yeah, to, which is a silly way to think, really. But it's I don't. Yeah, yeah, I think we talked about this a few times last season. Like you just can't play game week to game week and and right. set your team relying on a particular result. No, that's true. You can't. You can't. You can't expect complete perfection every. I mean, you can try to make your team as good as possible. I mean, try to maximize points. Um, but yeah, I mean, sure. I think you could start Tom Carroll. He looked really good in the off season, and I think he's a pretty locked in starter. Um, and you know, if Gilfie Sigurdsson leaves, as it looks like he's going to, then he's even more valuable. Uh, Josh, before we move on to do our team preview, I think you have a few thank yous that you need to say. I do, and I'm going to try to make this as um, as as it's you know what I'm going to make this as painful as possible for everyone listening. So expect some pain, uh, but. <laughs> Acknowledgement must be paid, Brandon, because uh, this podcast is a Patreon-supported podcast. It's 100% Patreon-supported, which is um, a testament to all the people out there who, um, you know, have been generous enough with their with their with their. Yes, with, their, with, their, with their money, so it's really it's really much appreciated. So, uh, quick thank you to uh, Rory McDonald, Morgan Evans, Joseph Alvarez, Cameron Spanner, Simon Bone, Thomas Roller. Daniel Mitford, Tom Campbell, Leo, Simon Eagles, Jason Walker, Christopher Gelke, Jamie Bakewell, Ricardo Preda, Marcus Silva, Malthar Rowe, Damian Fitzpatrick, and Colin Schatz. Thank you to all of you for uh, for pledging, and uh, you should have all your league codes by now. But if you if you don't, um, please please let me know, and I'll get those here right away. Um, it's two league codes right now. It's the head-to-head league code, and then there's the Patreon Sporters League as well. Winner of that gets a subscription to Fantasy Football Magazine. Um, and uh, winner of the head-to-head, um, actually winner of both leagues, uh, will be invited to appear on the podcast as well. Um, and we're starting the Survivor League a few weeks into the season to give everybody time to enjoy the fantasy game. And then when things start going bad, then you have this fun for Survivor <laughs> League to, to join. So, a, hat tip to, a hat tip to Jamie Bakewell. Do you think he, he changed his name just as a... Homage to, the, to our great British Bake Off yeah. theme that we have in the Patreon page. I think, I think he did, yes. 
Uh, and so it. if you want to join, uh, you go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, and if you join by August 11th, then you're eligible to join our head to head league. Thanks again to everybody. All right, Josh, let's take a quick break. We'll be back for our final game week one fixture preview. All right. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, Josh, we're back for our final section of our game week one preview. We're just going to run through these fixtures real quick. See what jumps out at us as maybe clean sheet opportunities, um, fixtures where we might want to think about captaining, uh, that sort of thing. And we start off this Friday, Arsenal host Leicester City. After watching the Charity Shield, Josh, what's your prediction here? Well, I think that, uh, I think there's a, well, do I think there's a reasonable chance of of an Arsenal clean sheet? I guess I don't. Uh, Arsenal typically have not started the season very well. Um, they often lose a winnable home game uh, their first match of the season uh, mm-hmm. before going on like a six you know six match winning streak. <laughs> uh, I really like you know so I, I actually have two in theory I have two forwards in this game I have uh, Lacazette and I have um, uh, the Nacho Man. I think there's a good chance that the Nacho Man is still in my squad and um, and that Lacazette turns into Harry Kane, uh, but we should we shall see. Um, so I, I think Arsenal probably does win this game. I yeah. guess, you know, I think there are goals in this game, yeah, I so I, I, I wouldn't be shy about betting on any attackers yeah. on either side. My prediction is that uh, Alexis Sanchez uh, does return and plays 30 minutes in the second half and picks up an assist for a four pointer. Wow, that, that is intriguing. Mm-hmm. And the assist is, of course, to Olivier Giroud. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, sub. Yeah, two subs. <laughs> rewarding no one. Nil nil until those two subs come on. All right, Saturday, the big chunk of fixtures. Liverpool is away at Watford. Very curious to see how this one plays out. I think I'm going to end up, if Brito stays in my team, I'll start him. I I sincerely doubt Watford keeps a clean sheet, but Marco Silva could really transform this club. We'll see. I I, I expect a big Liverpool win here, though. Um, I just uh, I love the way they've they looked really good in the offseason, and I just everything's clicking right now with that team. And, uh, and Mane is back now, too, so that is a terrifying lineup. It sure is, yeah. Assuming Coutinho stays with Liverpool, yeah, that yeah. midfield is going to be pretty intoxicating. That's like a 3-1 Liverpool win or something like that. Chelsea hosting Burnley? Uh, yeah, I expect a big Chelsea win here. Um, I, I think the goals might be spread out. I think that um, if you can talk yourself into Marcus Alonso, I think that uh, he could pick up... This could be like a 15-point type game for Marcus Alonso. Uh, he's, I thought he looked pretty attacking in today's match. Uh you know, didn't pick up any. I don't think. I'm not even sure he had a shot on goal or anything like that. But he, he was certainly forward, like he always is. Um, Victor Moses with the goal. Come on now, get in. That was weird. That guy never <laughs> scores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Willian is. He's on the bubble for me, but I do like. I think Willian walks away from this game with a few FPL points. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. Uh, I think that's definitely possible. All right, Palace Huddersfield. Um, yeah, I think uh, Palace, I've watched a lot of Palace uh, randomly this offseason. I, I like Zaha a lot. I actually saw Zaha, I, I saw Palace play yesterday. Um, I caught their friendly against, uh, I think it was Schalke. And uh, Zaha looks good, man. And I actually, you know, Ruben Loftus-Cheek looks pretty good, too. Um, the kind of, you know, it's like the, the, the wisdom on him is kind of spun from, like, everyone has him to nobody wants to. Like, you know, it's kind of all over the place. But big backlash with, with him, I think, the last couple of weeks. Big backlash with him. But I think that uh, he is a 4.5 million player. He's playing pretty far forward. So um, I, I can understand the, the temptation. You know, I mean, I, I wonder if he ends up making his way into my squad. If I just, like, 
just you know what i don't want to do that because this it's kind of like the john stones thing uh mm-hmm. last year i was like if you bring in john stones you're a moron john stones first of all that defense is unsettled and he's not even a sure starter and i think he picked up like zero zero one and zero in the first four games last it, season. it was it was brutal on stones yeah it was brutal so i, I mean, it could be another Lo- loftus cheek thing where i just everything i said is don't pick up loftus cheek uh, and then I just go and do it anyway. It's not, that I don't, it's not that I don't think he's capable of doing well. I just think that his ownership is too high. And I, I don't want that, like, I don't want a big price drop if it doesn't work out. Right. I, I'm not I'm not scared of Huddersfield in this match. I've had Ince and I still have Mooney in my team. I've been definitely dabbling with Huddersfield's attack. Palace is, you know, they don't actually keep a great yeah. tight. This could be like a 1-1 one, one draw or something like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, of course. All right, next, it's Everton Stoke. Uh, Wayne Rooney, has he played his way into your your team Rune Pig (laughs) Genesis yet, Josh? He has not, although, um, you know, Sandro, who I think is 7.5 million, did score today. And, um, you know, once once Everton gets out of this really rough opening stretch, there's going to be a lot. It's kind of like West Ham. You know, there's a lot of of moving parts, a lot of things that have to settle in. Uh, But, like, talk to me in the first wild card, and I, I bet I have an Everton player or two. Yeah, and as we discussed in the last episode, Stoke is just a pile of crap right now. Pass. You want to talk about this stuff like all season long, but realistically, you have to think you have to think of this stuff in six week blocks, you know, because yeah, it's, yeah. it's just too hard to plan otherwise. Right, Southampton, Swansea. Well, I think we're all hoping for a Southampton clean sheet here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the bus is leaving. Either yeah. you're on board, or, or you're going to get left behind. Everyone's yeah. here with Southampton. Two O Southampton. That's my that's my prediction. Yeah, I think there are some concerns about Swansea and and what Gilfie, what kind of game he's going to bring yeah. early on for this team because he's been so unsettled. It does sound like he's probably going to leave now, which is depressing for for Swansea fans. Uh, the, the, the talk then goes immediately to Tom Carroll because he uh, people sure. were pointing this out online. He can slip into that number ten position. You can absolutely play Carroll as a fourth midfielder if Gilfie leaves. Absolutely. Yeah. West Brom, Bournemouth, your Nathan Ake pick here is looking pretty good. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think Bournemouth probably wins this game like 2-0 or 2-1 or something like that. I just don't have a lot of faith in West Brom. And, uh, Jermaine Defoe scores five five PKs. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're picking West Brom, you're not picking them based on how they looked the second half last year or how they looked in the offseason. It's, it's a purely fixtures-based decision. Yeah, and we all love you, Jay Rodriguez, but you're as far from a game-changing transfer as it gets. Yeah, sadly, yeah. Uh, Brighton, <laughs> Brighton Man City, this one could be just like the match of the weekend. Like yeah. at least five goals, you think Man City scores here? <laughs> they could, they could. Yeah, God, they, talk like that makes me want to have a Man City forward. Um, yeah. yeah, well, Brighton is really good at home. Uh, they kept, I think, the most clean sheets of any of any uh, of any championship side at home last season. Uh, it's a little, it's a little Burnley-ish. So I think that, I actually think that Man City might be slightly contained just because Brighton's going to be so like fired up about this first match, you know, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know how long it's been since they were last in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, I think this is, I think, I do think City wins, but I think it's like 3-1. Interesting. Clean sheet wipeout for Vincent yeah, Company. Right. Sadly. All right, then we move to Sunday, Newcastle Spurs. I think we both like Spurs winning yep. handily here. Yep, and I think this is where your captains are going to be found. I would either want a captain, well, you can do whatever you want. But I think... Uh, <laughs> Sunday is captain day. It's captain day. I think that I am probably going to captain Lukaku in the next match, but I think that Kane is a perfectly good captain choice away to Newcastle. I guess just going back to that City match... Um, 
I, it is a way. It is the first game of the season. Always dicey results, but De Bruyne or any attacking player for Man City is an interesting option. Yeah, it's just, but it's, it feels like that Liverpool squad last year. Like, which one do you pick? You know, it's like it, it feels like a gamble. Like, which yeah. they're not all going to score. I mean, they, they might, but it's it's not likely. All right, I currently have the armband on Lukaku for this Man United West Brom fixture yeah, that and Sunday. Same here, and I, I'm I'm just I'm going to figure out a way to bring in a Man U defender. I just don't know who it's going to be yet. Yeah, I think you I think you have to. I think that's a smart pick. Clean sheet. I think United clean sheets are going to be a big thing this season. Yeah, it's my early prediction. Well, you, you very it could be in the second season with Mourinho, right? It's like he always always delivers. Yeah. Right. Okay, are we ready for game week one? I think so. I'm, I'm ready. I feel good. I'm excited. Well, thanks to everyone for listening. Follow along. Find us on Twitter, at Hail Cheaters. Uh, follow us on Facebook, or, or like us, is to use the nomenclature. Mm-hmm. Facebook.com slash always cheating. Um, what else do people do? You can um, join, the, uh, join the Always Cheating Super League. You can find that code on all of our sites. Yeah, we found it on our website, alwayscheating.com, and, and definitely check that site out. Uh, you can also email us with any questions or thoughts or whatever at um, hailcheaters at gmail.com. All right, Josh. Good luck to you and all of our cheaters in game week one. It's going to be a great season. That's right. Thanks, Brandon. And uh, remember, tell your friends about the Always Cheating Podcast. <laughs> it's a pathetic, a pathetic plea. Pogba can't shoot. See you later. <laughs> Poku forever. <laughs> all right.